It's Fishmas season. What are you doing to celebrate? Let's, uh, it's Fishmas season. What are you doing to celebrate? What other fish are celebrating that special holiday feeling? And what is the exchange rate between Money Max and Food Max again? To find out, let's ask Dr. Fish. That's right, it is Ask Dr. Fish, our every other month live stream where we ask our doctor's fish, fish questions, science questions, and life questions. If you're watching us live, I'm going to figure out how to fade this audio. If you're watching us live, feel free to paste a question into the chat on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you happen to be seeing us live. We're joined today. We are lucky, lucky, lucky to be joined today by at least one and maybe two Ask Dr. Fish, depending on technical difficulties. First one is Katie, the originator of 25 Days of Fish, Miss O'Reilly. Katie is, of course, a Dr. Fish. She's the Aquatic Invasive Species Specialist at Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. And you can follow her on Twitter or X at Dr. Catfish, Catfish with a K. Katie, happy Fishmas, Merry Fishmas to you. Merry Fishmas to you. You know, God bless us, everyone. I am very blessed by multiple cod, and I have no idea if our other Dr. Fish is here or not. We're having some back-end problems. Um, Do we have another Dr. Fish right now? If not, Katie, you're going to have to do double duty, but the thing is, you can do it. I was going to say, I mean, it might, uh, our other Dr. Fish might be making a a Fishmas surprise later in the the show. You know, there's always room for a Fishmas surprise. We're also joined today by Carolyn Shines, like Fairy Lights Foley. Fairy Lights Foley is what they used to call her, in fact. Not a Dr. (laughs) Fish, but she's a research coordinator with Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. Uh, Hello, Carolyn. Merry Fishmas to you, too. And um, Merry Fishmas to you as well, Dr. Carlson. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And my name is Stuart. Um, Carolyn wrote these. My name is Stuart Evil holiday podcast mastermind, Carlton, and uh, not a Dr. Fish. I'm assistant director with Illinois Indiana Sea Grant. we got a big show today. I'm going to give you a little tease for what to stick around for. we got our usual top three stories, and then we're going to celebrate Fishmas with the Ask Dr. Fish Challenge. And so stick around for that. But first, topic number one, and it's the topic at hand. Tis the season, Fishmas. All right, so Katie O'Reilly, the best thing you've ever done is fishmas maybe i don't know a top no, it is. It five is. top eight thing you've done is fishmas how do fishmas get going tell us about fishmas what is it how did it go going yeah so what what the heck is 25 days of fishmas uh 25 days of fishmas was a silly idea i created back in 2016 uh when i was a grad student and you know typical grad student fashion it's it's getting to be the end of the semester Uh, I'd been doing a lot of research, which was mostly focused on Great Lakes and the fish communities that live in them. And I happened to stumble across a poster that Wisconsin Sea Grant made that was uh, basically showcasing a lot of different fish species that live in the Great Lakes. And uh, this poster essentially like, you know, is vertical. It has a bunch of little icons of fish and, you know, something in my brain, you know, kind of clicked and said, you know, this reminds me a lot of an advent calendar. Um, for those who aren't familiar, sort of the advent calendars are the, these little uh, calendars, duh, that you, where you open a little door each day in December and get a treat. Only yeah, normally it's like candy, right? Exactly. Normally it's like chocolates, you know, whatever. But in this case, you would get 
facts about fish. And so I candy for your brain. Exactly. Well, it's grad student brain. (laughs) Um, And so I decided, you know, why don't I just feature a different Great Lakes fish species each, each day in December? And Seven years later, I am still featuring a different Great Lakes fish species each day in December. Uh, So it's been a wild ride. And I think, you know, what's cool about it from my perspective is just seeing people get really engaged and interested in in fish that they might not always uh, or may never have heard of before. Yeah, sure. But I think, uh, and for those uh, watching live or listening um, down the line, but one thing I'll say that Katie's really good at is is taking these fun things and making them genuinely educational, right? Um, uh, and so that's one thing that's cool about Fishmas. I mean, you come for the fish ponds. No, you leave because of the fish ponds, I think. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, there's also, before you leave, though, you're going to learn a lot while doing it. So how many different, do you know, have you done a census on how many different uh, fishies you featured? That is a really good question because you know, you would think it would just be 25 times seven or, you know, for the seven years I've done it, but seven years, seven years. Yeah. But I've done a couple of repeats, you know, cause not everybody who was following me, you know, was following me right at the beginning. So I've done some species and, uh, it's also been, you know, sometimes we know more, like more research has come out since I last featured a species and then 2020, which was obviously a weird year. Um, we did, or I did a, um, it was a road trip around America to feature different fish species outside of the Great Lakes, kind of because nobody could travel that year. It was, it was a travel extravaganza. Yeah, sure. Travel extravaganza, that makes sense. And so this year, year seven, it's 140, 175 days of Fishmas by the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, anything, how's it going this year? Well, first of all, I mean, like, so you do it primarily on Twitter or X or whatever, right? And and so you're finding engagement or is it harder because of all the um, interesting things going on over there? It's definitely different engagement. Um, it's yeah. lower than it has been in past years because, you know, there's this whole fragmenting uh, social media landscape. Such a nice way to put it. But I still think, you know, for my purposes, it's the best platform because I like to do kind of threaded tweets so you can sort of follow along a storyline about a single fish. And I haven't found that as much on other social media platforms. So we'll see. Maybe next year will be the year I finally switch platforms depending on the future of, of Who knows? the platform. <laughs> a lot can change in a year. Yeah. A lot can change in a year. And but there, yeah. can you talk a little bit about how um, how other people have taken this and made it their own? Because you started it, but um, like I'm trying to show a couple of the you know latest tweets, and I'm just going to scroll through some of them here. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how it's taken on a life of its own to some degree? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of like I said, one of the ways that Fishmas has you know impacted me the most is seeing other people take this concept and make it their own. And so um, in past years, there's been a lot more 25 days of Fishmas where basically different people take, you know, a study system they're familiar with or a place they live in and feature fish, you know, in a similar style, like the model of one fish a day. Uh, I'm thinking past years, there was one that was like fishes of Utah. There was coral reef fishes. Um, And even Beyond that, there's been things that have spun off of it, such as crustmus or uh, crustaceans. There was a squidmus one year. 
Squidmas. Um, Squidmas. Squidmas was great. Uh, but beyond just kind of, you know, taking the 25 days of fish model, there's also been, um, you know, I've partnered with uh, Sunday Fish Sketch, which is this kind of established uh, established challenge on Twitter where each week people sketch pictures of fish. That's the name. Um, <laughs> and what we've done there is actually like do mystery clues. So people have to guess the 25 days of fish miss beforehand, given some clues that I provide. Um, and that's been a really cool way to tie art into this whole science uh, endeavor. Excellent. And we have a question here actually from an audience member, um, which you can type into the uh, chat button if you want, uh, or in the little chat box, type in your questions. Has there been a favorite fish that you featured on Fishmas? Or is there one that you keep coming back to? Oh, I have to say probably one of my favorites is the American eel. Um, and that's mostly because of all the puns you can do with like Noel slash no eel. Um, oh. Really terrible, honestly. But I just and I, I think beyond the eely oh, terrible, it's eely terrible. Exactly. I feel feel eel um, beyond just the <laughs> I know beyond just the ability to do terrible puns with it. The American eel is just such a strange fish that most people in the Great Lakes have never encountered, um, mostly because it's relatively restricted to like Lake Ontario, the St. Lawrence River. Um, but it's it's just really cool to talk about because of their strange life history. Is that the one? So one of my origin stories yeah. is uh, for like why I got interested in stuff was I had some book of like mysteries and cool fish or ocean things or whatever. And I seem to remember at the eel, they didn't know way back in the 80s where – uh-huh. Where um where it uh spawned like where, where its breeding grounds were is that still a mystery do you know so we have a better sense um but you're you're totally correct so we for a long time scientists did not know where's where eels reproduce there's even a a famous anecdote about uh the ancient Greeks thought that eels just sort of came out of the ground like out of mud because they didn't know where they were reproducing um and so. But in recent years, due to advances in like tracking um, and tagging, we do know that the eels all spawn in the Sargasso Sea, which is in the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. So they spawn in the ocean, but then they return to freshwater to live their adult lives. They're basically reverse salmon. Reverse salmon. There we go. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to pause here because I think we have a Fishmas Miracle. It's a Fishmas it's miracle. A, it is. Good morning. Hey, everybody. Hello, Titus. No, Titus, you just got it. I have to, Carolyn gave us all titles in our little documents. I have to give you yours. It's uh, Titus played Santa on a fishing boat once. Seilheimer, a Dr. Fish fishery specialist, Wisconsin Sea Grant. Also on Twitter slash X as uh, Dr. Fish SG. Titus, how's it going? Uh, well, you know, uh, other than our um, tech issues here, um, everything's great. And, uh, I like to give you guys different shirts. So this time. Yeah. We we can't quite read it, but if you can give it to us, something Wisconsin. Uh, so it says when you, when you see Wisconsin, you've seen it all. And it is uh, for you listeners out there. It is a muscalunge with the color pattern of a Holstein cow. 
<laughs> Thank you for that, Titus. That's an excellent. Uh, All it needs is a cheese hat, and it'll be perfect. <laughs> and if you look, yeah. if you look at the date on it, it is uh, 1988. Ooh, vintage. Yes, it's that old shirt. My grand, my late grandmother's shirt. Uh, when when we were cleaning her house out, uh, I don't know, twenty some years ago, this was there, and I've had it ever since. So. Um, it is That's a fantastic. I think a festive kind of red shirt. That is a classic that. shirt. Yeah, and it's a, a nice for those who are not able to join us live, which uh, you should do on Facebook, YouTube, or I think we might even be streaming on Twitter, but I don't get how that works. Um, uh, it's like this really nice orangey red. It's like a reddish orange. Uh, it's very safe to wear, like in the field. Uh, people will see you. Unlikely to be mistaken, despite the, the bovine camouflage. Unlikely to be mistaken for something that people are trying to hunt. Well, now, Stuart, 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 you were ta- yeah. you were talking origin stories, and I assume you were yeah. uh, your origin story was you were bitten by a radioactive eel, and that gives you the uh, superpowers yeah. that you now have. Is that true? It, uh, every single superpower I have, I owe to the radioactive eel that bit me. No, it's all good. So Titus, now that you're here, the one thing we love to talk with you about is fish spawning. Cause we know that's a passion of yours. The origin story of many millions of fish, I suppose. So my understanding is based on what Carolyn wrote down that this is Cisco spawning season. First of all, what's a Cisco again? Cause I just think of the food service and then, um, and then are they spawning now and how's it going? Yeah, Cisco. So, uh, Cisco, uh, it's spelled differently than the food service. Uh, C I S C O. I think that's right. Um, but yeah, Cisco. So in, in the kind of the world of, uh, Great Lakes fish, the Cisco is actually, um, a single fish species. You might know it as Lake Herring. Um, but Cisco is, is kind of technically the, uh, the scientific name we're using right now. Um, and well, the common name, accepted common name, uh, and it is in the Corrigonus genus. So things like whitefish and, uh, bloater chubs. Uh, Cisco, they're all uh, kind of cousins to each other. So, uh, and and one of the things with the, a lot of the uh, the Corrigonids, they like to spawn kind of late uh, late fall, early winter. Some of them uh, actually uh, bloater chubs will spawn right in middle of February. So right now is spawning season, and for us in Wisconsin, uh, Cisco spawning means uh, in up in the Apostle Islands uh, in Lake Superior. Uh, we have a lot of uh, our harvest happening for Cisco, and that is uh, part of a row market. So they actually, uh, there's this big uh, export market for eggs uh, that go over to Scandinavia. So, uh, yeah, kind of a neat, neat life history for fish. They're just kind of, you know, spawning in the winter. And so there were a couple of stories about how there were kind of record um, Cisco or lake hearing populations happening in Lake Superior. Um, can you and Katie tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, so Cisco are known to have this kind of episodic uh, success. I mean, that's the thing. Like uh, we we've had like years, almost, you know, decades of kind of low recruitment years, but you get one big year. And that, that's what we've got right now. Um, you get one big, huge year that can then support those, uh, the whole fishery for Lake Superior, say, for decades, because they're also pretty long-lived fish. So, uh, yeah, it's a, a pretty neat. And we've got uh, right now just tons of these little kind of one to two-year-old uh, Cisco swimming around out in Lake Michigan or Lake Superior right now. So pretty exciting. 
Yeah. And just to build off what Titus is saying, you know, some of, you know, sometimes we don't always know like what leads to booms and busts in fish populations, but in some cases it's due to like, you know, climate conditions, you know, was it a particularly wet, dry year, warm year, cold year? Um, so that's one of the things as scientists we're always trying to tease apart to try and help us understand, you know, why are some years better than others? Is that, but that's something that's always naturally happened or is it, do we think there's anthropogenic cause, right? Is it something we're doing that's making a boom and bust or is it just, that's how it's been? I mean, I think it varies depending on the species. Um, some species just naturally have boom and bust cycle, cycles, whereas, you know, some species, the booms and busts might be more extreme now because of, you know, human actions. Yeah, and one of, one of the things with Cisco that we've seen is, uh, you know, it seems like winter is really important to their success and, you know, things like ice cover. So, like, you need to have these kind of right conditions happen at the, the right time um, for these huge year classes. And, yeah, like, as Katie said, you know, we're, we're scientists. So we like to try to figure out what's causing these things. But, you know, you're talking this huge lake with lots of different things happening, Um so, you know, definitely a concern with, with things like climate change and, you know, decreasing ice covers is something we're seeing. And, uh, you know, Lake Superior, especially uh, one of the, the fastest warming large lakes in the world. So that, you know, can also start affecting things like spawning timing. And, you know, if you, you have kind of changes in the thermal regime, you know, what is that going to mean for these fish too? Right. Because just, you know, when we talk about the importance of ice cover for these guys, what it really is, is because they're laying their eggs in the winter, having that ice cover sort of actually helps protect the eggs from getting beat up by winter storms, you know, from all these different variables. Like, it, you know, Lake Superior in the winter is not a super hospitable, hospitable place to be. So by having this ice cover, it gives some protection to those developing eggs so that when they hatch, you know, we have our big bustling baby uh, boom of, of Cisco. Oh, the big bustling baby boom of Burbit. That's what we need. You need Burbit anyway. Yeah. And I think, you know, I bet Burbit would like to eat these guys. So uh, we have a lot of Burbit up in Lake Superior too. So, you know, right now, if you're a lake trout, you got a whole lot of these little Cisco that you can eat. And I think that's good news uh, for them and for, yeah, for the Burbit too. I just found out I can accidentally post stuff. I was trying to post stuff in the private chat. We have a private chat and it turns about, um, turns out I just posted it to the Facebook page. So that's cool. Uh, this is why they don't let me have a Facebook account. Um, I was suddenly asking Carolyn if she wanted to transition into the next thing. Um, but well, I'll go one, ahead and do one it. Thing, actually, um, not yet. Um, because okay. I would like to um, ask a little bit. There's a, a story about, um, Titus mentioned Roe, the Cisco Roe. And um, so that is like caviar, right? Um, so we're also entering the festive season of like rich party delights and stuff like that. Um, so uh, there's a story about um, Great Lakes Row and Sweden. Can you tell us about that a bit, please, Titus? Yeah. So this is uh, this is actually you know highlighting my colleague uh, Sharon Moen. Uh, she is our food fish outreach coordinator. Uh, she works out of our superior office and uh, she was contacted because the world wildlife federation, Europe or Sweden, um, were, they were kind of going to list, uh, they were going to red list. So do not, you know, avoid, uh, 
Great Lakes Row. And it was really, you know, because they're over in Europe, they don't really see or hear or know what our, our, you know, how our management works. And because, you know, in the Great Lakes, we've got, you know, multiple states, we've got two company countries, we've got, you know, the province of Ontario, we've got lots of tribes as well, uh, First Nation. So, you know, the, the, really, it's not that the, you know, the management's good. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're using science-based management for Cisco, but from, from afar, if you're in Sweden and I guess, you know, doing stuff based on Google searches, it can be hard to kind of tease apart, uh, how our management system works. So, uh, Sharon was actually contacted by one of our, uh, there's Sharon, uh, if you're watching live, there's a picture of her, uh, and she was contacted by one of our uh, distributors who processes a lot of row in Wisconsin and then exports it. So, you know, a, a really big uh, kind of economic uh, piece that connects the Great Lakes fishery to overseas. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, our, our importing a lot of seafood, but this is actually, you know, seafood that or a seafood product that we are um, exporting. So, uh, you know, really a, a success story. It was, uh, you know, really kind of just telling the story basically of how the Great Lakes uh, fisheries management works to these folks over in Europe and kind of reassuring them that, you know, we do have sustainable management, it's science-based management. And, you know, I think that, you know, it's just a, a kind of a great story about what, what we at Sea Grant do. Uh, we, you know, take the science, we translate it to the people who need it, and then they can make good decisions. So I think, I think it's a, it's a good story and yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what parties you're going to. I don't see a lot of caviar at my parties, but um, oh. I guess that's just, you know, Northeast Wisconsin here. Maybe sturgeon caviar if uh, if I knew someone who speared sturgeon, but no, uh, I don't we have will the definitely right see caviar at least at least one party. Our uh, director has an open house most years. I think they're doing it again this year. And he is from Sweden, actually. And so every time I go to Ikea, he makes me buy him one of those toothpaste tubes filled with with caviar and so you bring it home and it it's just kind of, all the food at ikea is gross um uh but but so i will bring him and and several tubes of caviar from ikea so and he will hopefully break that out uh at at his holiday get together this year so yeah, i and, will be at a get together yeah. with caviar sometimes it can be wishful thinking that life is fancier than it is or if you want to pretend to be fancy but i will reset now Stuart. okay so Everyone who's listening and watching live, this is Ask Dr. Fish, a show where our two doctors' fishes answer your fish questions, science questions, and life questions. If you have a question for our doctors, put it into the chat right now, and we should be able to see it and share it. Um, or you can use the Twitter hashtag, Ask Dr. Fish. You can also email us at askdrfish at gmail.com. Dot com. All and right. so I'm going to let Stuart introduce the next one. Yes. Why is that? All right, here we go. Next up, we have trading mackerel for a haircut. So Business Insider reporting that uh, FTX, um, former FTX owner, head, chair, whatever the job was, Sam Bankman freed, also known as maybe the uh, biggest um, embezzler scam artist in the history of the world, um, has figured out that mackerel is the currency of choice among inmates and is currently used prison mackerel to uh, get a haircut. Titus, how many mackerel would it take, do you think, for you to, to uh, get a haircut in prison? 
you know, I don't, I don't, I'm going to say buy the container, you know, like a single, a single uh, container of mackerel. I think that's a the haircut. Maybe it's two or three though. I mean, yeah. really it depends on the, the quality of the mackerel. Yeah. I'm not sure how good prison mackerel is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so no more on this story. So yeah, Sam McAfee is in prison. And and so after cigarettes were banned from prisons, this is I I I went too deep on this story. Um after cigarettes were banned in prison a number of years ago, uh mackerel, or they call them Max in prison. They call them Max. Uh uh they de- that developed as a currency. And the reason for this is because nobody wants to eat them. And so uh, you have, uh, pouches of mackerel, which are available to the commissary, uh, but they're also limited. You can only buy a certain number of them per week, which is why they're, uh, you know, it's kind of like NFTs, right? Um, there's a, a, a built-in limited supply. And, um, so people get their Macs and they're able to trade them as a currency. And as it turns out, um, FinCoin, uh, would be another way to put that, I suppose, from Katie O'Reilly. Thank you for that. Uh, but, <laughs> um, it turns out though, that they are worth more money before they expire. Those are called eating max. And then they're worth less money, but still not nothing after they expire. Then they're called money max. So you got your money max and your eating max. And so that's just a great example of uh, fish as a currency. Um, Katie, do you know about other fish as currency? Is that something you've come across in your studies or, or maybe not? Yeah. So actually I'm going to sound like a broken record because eels were used as currency in medieval England. Um, and actually there's this really awesome historian on Twitter, um, surprised eel historian, and he made a map (laughs) of like how eels were used in medieval Europe. Um, mostly medieval England, but essentially they were used to, from uh, people who were renting land from landlords. They would pay their rent in eels. Um, and that just blows my mind because like, why did we move away from this system? I wish I could just go to my landlord and be like, here are five eels. We're good for the month. So, I mean, I don't know what kind of society we live in that doesn't allow eels as currency. Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. It's, it's more, more tangible than other things. Yeah. Oh, we have a question here. I see this. A question from uh, from viewer Peter uh, related to Cisco spawning. Viewer Peter wants to know for how long do they spawn in the fall, Titus? How long does Cisco do their deed? I mean, as a season, not an individual. I'm not interested in hearing about an individual se- session. Oh, you know, actually, uh, I mean, Cisco spawning is, uh, it, it's fairly general. There's nothing explicit about it. You know, they're just kind of these generalist broadcast spawners. So just you get a bunch of Cisco together, you got your reproductive material all over the place, settles to the bottom and then, and then you're good. So, uh, you know, basically it is, uh, you know, kind of November, December is basically the, the main time. And they, you know, they are really, uh, they move around the lake. So we're, you know, mainly talking Lake Superior and like the, the spawning stock in the Apostle Islands uh, in Northern Wisconsin is, you know, it's actually these fish will kind of return here uh, around, you know, from really lots of parts of the lake and they, they come, you know, swim around during the year and then they return kind of to the, the Apostle area. And then, you know, these big aggregations uh, spawn. And that's, you know, why, for the the caviar market, uh, you know, you can go out there and, and target them when they're all because you want that those, uh, you know, the row, you want those right uh, females because that's where the money's at. Um, 
And, you know, you, you get them when they're all kind of grouped together spawning. So yeah, it's about, you know, a, a month, two months. Um, it'll all depend on kind of the, the weather and it's a, you know, temperature cue kind of thing. And then those eggs just kind of drift to the bottom and, and wait until the, the spring and hatch out. And then we get to see what happens. Is the temperature cue on the back end too when they hatch out, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, they're, you know, and one of the advantages for them is they're, they're already there. So they don't, you know, lots of your fish will spawn, you know, like a pike is going to spawn pretty early, but they're still coming in, you know, right after ice out and it's, you know, 40 degree water temperatures. But, you know, if you're, if your fertilized eggs are already there, you just, uh, you know, don't have to worry about those adults moving around and breaking through the ice and stuff. This is Ask Dr. Fish, a show where our two doctors fishes. Answer your fish questions, your science questions, and your life questions. If you has one, has one. If you has one or you have one, go ahead and put that in the chat on Facebook, YouTube, or maybe Twitter. I don't, I don't get that one. But you can use the hashtag, the X tag, uh, Ask Dr. Fish, and I will search for that right now to see if anybody's doing anything. But so every month, we like to, every other month, I guess, every episode, uh, we like to have our famous Ask Dr. Fish challenge. Um, where by famous, I mean, we just started this this month. And so if you recall last month, I was the challenger and everybody else was the challengee. And the challenge was this. The challenge was to celebrate hashtag Fishmas, since that is the month. So we will go around and we will ask uh, what you did. And, and so we left this totally open-ended. It could be something minor or you could uh, spend entirely too much time doing this given the return that you're likely to get on it, um, which I recommend. Uh, but the challenge was... To go ahead and celebrate Fishmas. And um, since Katie O'Reilly is the progenitor, the genius behind Fishmas. In fact, since many people call her the originator of 25 Days of Fishmas. That's what the O in O'Reilly stands for, originator. Uh, what is, um, how are you choosing to celebrate Fishmas, Katie? So I'm going to be pretty boring with my challenge here. I am celebrating Fishmas by doing Fishmas every single day. Uh, normally I, I get a start on preparing, you know, my tweets and research earlier in the summer, but this year's just, you know, you know, kind of flown by as I'm sure it has for everybody. And so, you know, a lot of my research has been kind of a little more last minute than I would like. So mostly I spend every day learning about Great Lakes fish species, which honestly is the best job in the world. So I can't complain, but yeah, my Fishmish challenge has been to spread Fishmish cheer. There we go. Excellent. You're just Katie, there's you. there's not a better gift than daily fish facts and learning about fish. It's it's wonderful. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Titus. Sure is. Titus, did you celebrate Fishmas this year? How are you celebrating Fishmas? Yeah, do you uh do you did you all open your gifts that you got for me? I did. Um so that's that's really what I did this year. Um and uh, so if you, I don't know if you want to hold those up. Yeah. So, and we have, uh, we have some video footage too, that I think Carolyn can put in. Do you need the link Carolyn or do you have it? There we go. So the people at home can see this amazing stuff that Titus sent Uh really beautiful. It arrived in the mail uh, just a couple days ago, a fishmas ornament and then a, 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 a coaster perhaps. I let's go with coaster. Um, and coaster. It, actually, if you look at the back, there's also a great lakes outline. I gave you kind of a, 
There's yep. uh, Stewart's DJing uh, for his DJ-ness. Katie's running on hers. Um, oh, Carolyn, I hope uh, it's kind of a Baby Yoda thing. That seems like it, <laughs> right? Okay, <That's> dead on. <laughs> um, yeah, mine. mine well, these are really beautiful. Paddles. This is amazing. With this. Yeah. So, so what I did, you know, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you know, Katie's going to win, obviously. But uh, so we actually at our uh, makerspace at our public library, they have this Glowforge thing, which is a uh, you know, some kind of laser cutting machine. And I was like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to sign up for that. So I learned how to use it. And then I, uh, made those things. So, uh, Look it, was, at that. it was fun, you know, fun to do that. Um, I've actually lost my ornament already. I don't know where it went. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty Hopefully awesome. The files, um, it's probably yeah. in my house somewhere. I was going to say Titus. Yeah. yeah. There's, I definitely do not win because the, they are beautiful. Um, yeah. They're really awesome. And so we have a new cat this year. Um, if, if my door was open, he would probably be in here. And uh, this is a kitty safe ornament um, for sure. Like we have very few ornaments on the tree, but I was like, oh, one that I can put on. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, no, it's really cool. And I also want to. And it's highlight- nice to get. Um, go for it. <laughs> no, I was just going to say. Titus is also being too modest because he is also celebrating fish mess by doing sketch fish mess. So we Whoa. talked a little bit about uh, Sunday fish sketch, which is the once a week thing. But Titus sketches every single fish I feature, which is. Yeah. So I, um, I started that last year. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I try to sketch every day. That's been my my process for the last couple of years. And, you know, I think my sketches are getting better. Um I did have uh, my freshman year of college, my intro to studio arts class was my best grade that I got. Um, so that was before I learned how to study and that I actually had to do homework um, in college. But uh, still, I got a B plus and that was uh, that was my highest grade. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, you know, last year I was like, I should just sketch every fish as they come up. So that's what I've been doing again this year. And uh, it is it's fun to just uh you know, have a nice prompt there. I don't have to do any thinking. Thank you, Katie. Uh, that makes it a lot easier. And even if I have to go on X, which, ugh, which just is, yeah. makes me feel like, vis- you know, ill every time I go on there, but um, <laughs> eel. yes, eel. How many <laughs> eel puns can Katie fit in, in an hour? Yes. <laughs> Ely many. 11. Right. Well, this is fantastic. But no, Titus, this was really kind. I was so so excited to see this come in. And, and so much of what we do now, you don't get a physical manifestation of it, right? And so to see the the beautiful Ask Director Fish logo designed by Ethan, designed by Ethan Kosak, and the very cool Mary Fishmas. Uh, our kids are very fired up. I brought them in today, so I'd have them, but they're going wow, right. Wow, it meant so much tree. to Stuart. He froze Super. up. <laughs> He just I so, froze up. So he's, emotional. Yeah, so and then he had to take <laughs> it, it was really yeah. great. You were kind of looking down. It was looking. like you got a little bit too. Emotional. Oh well. I wasn't sure if you were doing that for dramatic pause, but it was it was very touching. Yeah. Well, there you go. Carolyn, did you celebrate Fishmas? <laughs> yes, but mine is extraordinarily not cool, but delicious. Um, I bought my kids some Swedish fish that were very colorful, very and cool. it used to be very full, and it's no longer full. And as always. I don't know if this is the way it is in everybody's family, but the, the lemon are the last to go. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Woohoo! That's fantastic. <laughs> together the, you know, the sweet treat part of an advent calendar with the fishness part. So I, I salute you for that. Yes, no, I definitely that. meant that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Katie. As the challenger, of course, I am under no obligation to celebrate fishness. However, however, Carolyn, can you call up the uh, video that I just 
pasted in the chat, and that one has sound. And for those who have not watched this before, I apologize in advance. If you don't listen to Teach Me About the Great Lakes, you have no idea what you're in for um, once Carolyn gets this going. Here we go. All right. Fishmas is the most wonderful time of year. We share in Piscean knowledge and holiday cheer. There's a fish every day. Each one is better than the last. The only problem with Fishmas is that it's gone way too fast. Because it's 340 days until next Fishmas. What are we supposed to do with all of the time? Actually, next year is leap year, so that's 341 days until we next celebrate the holiday most sublime. There's salmon and sturgeon and all kinds of trout and bluegill and bass with both large and small mouth and perch that are yellow and pirate perch too and hogfish and jump rocks and redfish and blue and groupers both goliath and gag and jawless fish both lampreys and hag there's suckers and catfish and lionfish too and betas and minnows and the bangle danio and lookdowns and amphidrones several of which are the nine different species there are of bonefish but that depends on how you interpret the genetics cause taxonomy seems so easy but it's complex there's sardines and sand sharks and killifish too. Don't forget the pelagics, money max and wahoo. Barracuda, barramundi, barrelai, bitterling, tunas and lungfish. I could keep going, but what I'm really trying to say is that Fishmas needs more than 25 measly days. So please give me a salmon cannon this year for Fishmas. Load me up and shoot me to the moon. As days without Fishmas aren't worth living anyway. And by the time I land, it'll be Fishmas again soon. We need more Fishmas. We need more Fishmas. We need more Fishmas. Bring us more Fishmas. Our viewership numbers just tanked. <laughs>
They turned it on. They were like, what am I listening to? This is amazing. They're not, dog. Oh my God, Stuart. I legitimately, you know, was close to tears. <sighs> we we will we will everybody. keep Fishmas in our hearts every day of the year. <laughs> really? I have and a new brings- Fishmas uh, carol to, we can play on all the stations. Just, just so beautiful. So beautiful. Anyway, Merry Fishmas. So now we have to pick a winner. I, of course, am not eligible, uh, which is good because I would get outvoted three or four to nothing. So the winner of this week's challenge, this month's challenge, is, uh, I'll be honest, I think it's Titus Seilheimer. Titus Seilheimer, I choose, is our winner uh, because not only does he celebrate fishness by sending stuff, bribing the judges, but he also does the drawing. So Titus is our winner. So Titus, in between now and the end of the show, you need to pick out our next Ask Dr. Fish challenge. But but you're also going to be playing a game, so have fun with that. <laughs> so I have sure, I thought I thought game? you said I won. I feel like I've lost. Uh, <laughs> no, you get to choose the challenge. So you don't have to do the challenge. It's a huge All victory. Right. I am going to go at the end of the show. We we always play a game because that that's our thing. Um, okay, so um, Katie and Titus, I am going to share a link in the thing if I can open the right tab. Okay, um, so. As I, we always talk a lot about food, right? We talk a lot about food. We talk a lot about eating. And so I started looking around for holiday dishes that include fish. And there's a lot of them. But one thing that kept coming up over and over and over again was this Feast of the Seven Fishes, which is an Italian-American tradition where on Christmas Eve, um, people will have just a seafood feast with seven different seafood courses and things like that. So in theory, I'm going to share this and you all can see it. All right. So we're going to have a, um, a feast of the seven fishes here um, competition. So here's what, here's the rules. Okay. Each dish, so there's there's a series of dishes throughout this presentation. Each dish can only appear on one table. So you have to fight over the dishes that are in this presentation. You must <laughs> add in your own dish to complete the seven fishes. It's only Titus and Katie, by the way. It's not Stuart and Carolyn. The dishes should appear in the order you would serve them. So you'll see in a minute you have a table. So you should put them in the order you would serve them. You have 30 seconds to review all of the available dishes, then three minutes to create your feast. And during that 30 seconds, I will kind of like knock through and let everybody else see what they are. And then you have to present your feast to us as if you're on a food game show, because I've been watching way too many of those um, holiday baking challenge and things like that on the food network. So, all right. So um, the options that you have to create your table, lamprey pie, whole roasted fish, shrimp cocktail, Salted cod, pickled herring, fish stew, seafood gumbo, fried catfish, smoked salmon, sashimi, fish cakes, and poached poached fish with pasta. And so this is Katie's table, and that is Titus's table. So in theory, what's going to happen here is you all can just like cut and paste and be as cutthroat as you want, okay? So... I'm going to say your 30 seconds are done. And 
Ready? You have three minutes to make your stuff. Okay, ready? Go, 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 go. So while we're waiting, I've got for mine, I've got shrimp po' boy. No, 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 no. Crawfish boil. <laughs> shrimp boil. Seafood gumbo. Crawfish etouffee. Shrimp creole. And then another another fried shrimp po' boy. Oh, no, oyster po' boy. There we go. <laughs> All right. go half and half. They call it the... Uh, okay, feast the, the of seven maker. fishes. You're done. Okay. Um... Carolyn watches too many food tables. Katie, tell us about your Feast of the Seven Fishes. Yes. So I wanted to start us off with some appetizers to kind of, you know, cleanse the palate and, you know, kind of get us in the mood. So I have the sashimi and the shrimp cocktail to kind of just, you know, chill things out a little bit at the start. I also wanted to make sure I got the shrimp because, you know, we were very vertebrate heavy heavy with most of uh, our fish species. I then went, you know, we'll transition away from the appetizers, the hors d'oeuvres into our first course, which is fried two ways. You could either have your fried catfish, very, you know, comfort food, or you could have the lamprey pie, which would take the lamprey and, you know, put basically put it in a pot pie type thing. So good, good starter meals. And then for our main course, I decided to go with the fish stew and poached fish with pasta, Uh, both, you know could be uh, endlessly sort of remixable. You could, you know, change your sauces. So a lot of flexibility there. But what I'm proudest of is our final dessert course, which is a dish from Portugal called Lampria del Ovos. And it has no fish in it, but it's made of 40 egg yolks that are whipped together with sugar and then formed in the shape of a sea lamprey. Uh, complete with maraschino cherry eyes and almonds for teeth. Uh, this is probably one of my favorite, and it's a Christmas tradition in Portugal. So it is perfect uh, for capping off our feast of seven fishes. Boy, is it? Have you have you had? I think we've talked about not. this before. That picture, uh, or maybe it's my nightmares. I can't remember. But so, have you sampled the uh, the? Uh, I missed the name. Sorry. I have the Lampriel del Ovos. I have not sampled it, but it is really on my bucket list. That's yeah. awesome. And way to completely understand the assignment, Katie. Nice, can, nice, nice work. Yeah, nice I've work. Been That's going to give you a leg up when it comes time to judging. I think that is true. All right. Titus, can you please describe your Feast of the Seven Fishes for us? All right. So we, uh, uh, as a Wisconsin resident, I know that uh, you're going you're gonna to get some pickled herring uh, as a starter. At my table, uh, which may be a, uh, we're at a, a salad bar, and you know that you're if you're at a supper club and they're at a, they got a salad bar, there's going to be pickled herring there, um, and you know we start with that. Uh, we then uh, trans, we're gonna we've got that that tart kind of pickled flavor. Let's uh, we'll we'll kind of uh, uh, cut that that tartness with a little fried smelt um and we will go with the uh head on this time uh we're gonna have whole head on uh fried smelt uh little tasty treat there um and uh you know for the scandinavians and the icelandic uh people at the party uh we're gonna we've got a whole block of salted cod 
uh, which they can gnaw on for the next, uh, you know, for the rest of the year. When Stewart is like, oh, Fishmas is over, you know, that 300 days, you got to you're going to you're going to take your tote bag, your gift bag home with you. And it's going to be full of salted cod. So you're going to have fish throughout the year. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, we'll also have some fish cakes. And in, in this case, I'm going to use locally caught uh, Lake Whitefish fish cakes, uh, which Lake Whitefish, delicious anytime. Uh, we will then have uh, a seafood gumbo uh, using some of the uh, the fresh, uh, well, they're frozen, but uh, the wild-caught Georgia shrimp that I uh, just got uh, from a colleague at Georgia Sea Grant um, in exchange for some Wisconsin cheese. So, uh, you know, just uh, calling in that card and uh, delicious uh, shrimp. Uh, we've got a, a whole whole roasted fish, and that's going to be a, a Lake Huron lake trout, uh, which is, uh, I, I've heard people complain about uh, the, uh, the flavor of Lake Michigan lake trout, who eat a lot of alewives. Uh, so we're going to go over to Lake Huron and eat one of their apparently more delicious, uh, less fatty lake trout. And then for dessert, um, a, a delicious candied uh, maple and brown sugar smoked salmon uh, to, to finish the meal out. Quite delicious. And as, as Katie's guests are getting parasites from their sashimi, uh, that she made out of perch or something. Um, we'll uh, uh, we'll be enjoying smoked salmon. Titus, you're nothing if not on brand. Okay, and so we have audience. You can vote on your winner now. Just type your name into the chat. So we also nicely done, Titus. That that was yes, yes, everything bravo. that I hoped it would be when I was pulling things together. So thank you both. That was awesome. And mostly, I feel like the the thing I learned is is uh that um that all like there's so many different ways that you can eat fish and they are all delicious all right so we have one vote that has come in all right we can look for other votes and then carolyn and i in our back end chat will paste in the name that uh, that we think should win uh, we'll do it on the count of three. One, two, three. all right well it looks like by uh, plurality, if not majority of the vote, this month's winner is Dr. Catfish herself, Katie O'Reilly. That means Katie gets 30 seconds of soapbox time. But before that, Titus, what is the next Ask Dr. Fish challenge? Uh, yeah, so I actually sent it to Carolyn and she is going to read it for me. There we go. And I don't know what it was. I'm just going with your private chat here. Um Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Many, many times ah. open. Okay. So actually inspired by everything that happened, you know, looking at all the different food dishes and basically getting really hungry. Um, try a new fish, new to you fish dish. Go find try something from somewhere fish in the dish. world of all the fishes and try create something that's new to you and uh, take a picture as people are, or want to take pictures of stuff and things like that. Okay. Yes, that's totally what I was thinking. Thank you yeah. for that, Titus. That was really thoughtful. Yes. And the way that you tied it into the challenge that you knew was coming, or the uh, game that you knew was coming. That, that's my Exactly. Point. And that you didn't know it was excellent. coming. It was amazing. Anyway, okay. So, Katie is 30 seconds. Go. Okay, I'm going with my 30 seconds. Well, it is the end of the year, and, you know, you're looking for the perfect gift. And honestly, we are we have the best gift of all in the Great Lakes. Uh 
that is the Great Lakes. So I, I just think, you know, at the end of the year, as we're reflecting on things, taking a chance chance to think about all the cool stuff, all the cool research that's been happening around the lakes. Um, and, you know, all just all the people who are working to try and keep the lakes healthy and really just restore them to their their glorious, great state. state. So I just, I think, you know, in terms of that end of the year, you know, where have we been? Where are we going? I just really would love everyone to take a second to think about what they're grateful for in, you know, in their backyard, whether it's the Great Lakes or elsewhere, um, and all the cool, cool science that's happening, cool people that are doing the science and cool plants and animals that are out there. Fantastic. Uh, that is super. And a moment of gratitude is always worth it. Sorry, it took me a second to take that in. Uh, lately, that's something we've been talking about a lot at home and at work. So that is well done. And it is just a really neat time of year, I think, in the Great Lakes. Uh, so that is good to go. Ask Dr. Fish is brought to you by the fine people at Illinois Indiana Sea Grant, Wisconsin Sea Grant, and Booby Dog Media. The show is produced and hosted by Stuart Carlton, Carolyn Foley, Dr. Fish Katie O'Reilly, and Dr. Fish Titus Elmer. The live broadcast is supported by Moti Agumbiande, and the podcast version of the show is edited by It's Still Me. It's Still Me Somehow. It's Still Me. The podcast artwork is by Ethan Kosak, and you can view his portfolio at ethankosak.com. That is K-O-C-A-K. If you have questions for the Dr. Fish, send an email to askdrfish at gmail.com. Use the Twitter hashtag. Yeah, we're still calling it Twitter. Ask Dr. Fish or call our hotline at 765-496-4474. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on see you live on Facebook and YouTube at 11 a.m. Eastern on usually the second Monday of every even month. In between now and then, if you have fish questions, science questions, or life questions, just ask Dr. Fish. How long are you going to make me do this? Uh-huh.